In a world where it seems totally normal to listen to a podcast about the Toronto Argonauts, it's the X's and Argos podcast. Welcome to the X's and Argos post-game reaction podcast brought to you by Funny Bone Broth. Ben Grant joined as always by JB and we are going to recap for you an upsetting loss. The Toronto Argonauts falling 27-19 to the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the Eastern Final. And that is it for the Toronto Argonauts as the Tiger Cats move on to the Grey Cup. JB, let's uh, let's go through this one. Let's uh, you know maybe uh, provide some provide some much needed therapy for some Argos fans, but also analyze the game and kind of go through what we saw. Overall, I'm I'm surprised at how I'm feeling at the moment. I, I actually I, I feel fine, and I, I thought I would be upset by a loss like this, and I'm I'm really not. No, the the Argos were one of the worst teams in the league two years ago, and now. They just lost, uh, you know, a fairly contested Eastern final at home. Um, so it, it's a it's a bit ridiculous to to be too down on them because they have certainly come a long way. I mean, you know, basically we played Ottawa in a league of losers, and now we're you know we're right there. Some areas to improve, and you know we got submarine by. Uh, you know, a combination of Joe Namath and Joe Montana coming off the bench. So it's it's hard to prepare for that. It is crazy the impact that Dane Evans had on this game. And we had talked about this as a possibility. And even going back a, a few weeks ago in talking to Kyle Mello, who we had on the podcast, he's you know a Hamilton guy. And he's saying, well, like, why isn't Dane Evans in the game? He's clearly the, the better, better quarterback. And going to this, we were sort of hoping there was no scenario in which Dan Evans came in with enough time remaining. And Hamilton really didn't, you know, wait around for that to happen. It was early in the game. Masoli starts four of six, which is say, well, that sounds fine. But he had that fumble, you know, which we'll get to in our game recap. And then Evans came off the bench and goes 16 for 16, 100% completions. 249 yards with a touchdown, no picks, and he ran in two more touchdowns. That That is one of the best performances statistically that you can have in CFL history. I, I bet you there is no more than a handful of games where quarterbacks have put up numbers like that. The efficiency of Dane Evans today, you can't even... There's nothing you can even do about that. You just sort of look at that and it's it's the, the feeling of helplessness. Like, you know, when... When you've got uh, a, a tag team wrestling match and and one guy is completely beaten down, but somehow he reaches out and is able to tag in the ultimate warrior who comes in uh, like a hurricane, and uh, that's what happened to the Argos today. They 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 ran into a red hot Dane Evans, and they had no answer. No, it was it was a tough loss because I mean the game was there to be won, and you know we can talk about mistakes they made. So like don't I think don't get it wrong. I think the Argos definitely have to wear mistakes. Um, you know, the bar is higher now. We no longer look at them as losers. They're they're in the upper echelon of the teams, and so there there were mistakes made, and and they should have finished out this game. Um, Dane Evans miracle or not, uh, but uh, on the whole, you know, I think I think it was a very successful season, and uh, you know, I'd, I I I feel like. You know they did. They didn't get it done today, but they weren't terrible. No, and they they were very good at getting 
into scoring uh, situations, just not converting on that. Like anytime, anytime you walk away from a game and you've got six field goals and a missed field goal making up all of your points, there's a problem. You, can, you can't win a CFL game when you don't score a touchdown. That's, that's the bottom line. And they, they just couldn't convert those situations. And a couple early on that everyone sort of felt at the time, these might come back to, to haunt us. And, and of course they did. Because even one of those changes the game entirely. Yeah, I mean, the game should have been over. You know, yeah. they they even if they score on two of the three red zones, um, you know, you're up seventeen nothing or you're up twenty one nothing. It's it's over, you know. And that's look, that's playoff football. You know, field goals are like exactly the same. Field goals are not going to get it done. And I don't I don't begrudge them for taking the field goal. I think it was the right call, but but the plate calls that led to the field goal just are not good enough for playoff football and you know they learned that lesson today and you know hopefully we'll we'll build on that let's go through our recap so pre-game first of all you knew right from the get-go you know arriving a couple hours early for the for the game as as we do it's typically pretty empty in my fancy parking lot there's nobody there it's just me I have my nice little spot that I like to pull into today there was no such luck for me I had to wait about 15 minutes just to get into my parking lot uh, and then park in the in the very back of it uh, and I couldn't believe the number of people that were out uh, Ticats fans Argos fans it was hugely crowded and I haven't seen, I don't think I've been to, I, I definitely haven't been to an Argos game at BMO where it has felt like that, especially that early. And then the atmosphere continued on into the stadium. It was an amazing environment. 21,000 uh, was the official number at the end of it. And man, it uh, it was noisy because you had the loudest Hamilton Tiger Cats fans that there that there are, and the loudest Argos fans that there are, and it, it created a really nice atmosphere for football. So that was a really nice takeaway for me too. I just I enjoyed watching that game today with when it felt like CFL football mattered, and and I thought you know start to finish it was it was great to have that kind of crowd back in BMO to be able to look up and see fans in the upper east deck is amazing and every other section full so yeah awesome awesome job from both fan bases and in, in filling up that stadium today and when players coming up for out of the tunnel for their pregame warm-up you get huge cheers from both sides it felt like a felt like a big sort of big time boxing match in a way and then field conditions you can't you can't get much better than that considering we're into december now for december 5th and if you want to complain, just take a look at the at the Winnipeg game and the and the snow plows that they had to have on the field uh, pregame leading up to it. Like that, that's the weather you expect you might run into for a December fifth game. But yeah, two degrees, a light wind coming off the south. It did deteriorate a little bit in the second half, but for the most part, it was it was a great day for football. Lots of flags early on. Those first like seven plays, there may have been like five flags on those. Did you, did you attribute that to noise, pregame jitters? What was going on early there? Um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I feel like the, you know, look, I, I think I, I agreed with most, most of the flags. I thought the uh, offside on the interception right at the beginning of the game was a, was a pretty bogus call. It's but true, that, and that could have uh, led to another Boris Beattie field goal. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, he jumped, but he got back. I mean, I saw him jump, I saw him get back, and I, I feel like the refs don't call that properly. They do throw speaking. that flag every time. You always see that, and you're right. Like when you, when, If you jump and get back, that's not supposed to be a flag, but yeah, it's, it does get called. 
Um, and that it, it didn't turn into much. It's not like Hamilton made a drive of that. But yeah, who knows how that goes if that interception counts. Um, it ends up being negated on the on the offside penalty. Hamilton mixed in a, um, a legal procedure penalty in there too. They end up punting the ball away. And the Argos put a, a really nice drive together. I, I want to know what you thought of this play called the Argos drive down the field. It's first and goal from the four. And this is one of those scenarios we talked about where you've got to cash in. First and goal from the four has to be a touchdown every single time you're down there. Because what it means is you've got two downs to get to the one. If it's third and goal from the one, you're going for it. So you've got two downs to get three yards and then you're going for it on third down, third and goal from the one. And they couldn't do that. Now, I, I hated the first down call. It was just a run up the middle and the box was stacked. There were no options out of it. The second down call, I loved. It's just they didn't execute it. So McLeod drops back and then he takes off. It's a quarterback draw. It's a design draw. But Philip Blake doesn't quite get his head around early enough. And Santos Knox is able to, to wrestle McLeod to the ground at the three yard line. If Blake is even just able to get a piece of Santos Knox, McLeod walks in for the touchdown. I yeah. thought it was a great call. They're not shadowing him. They're not looking for a, a, a QB draw from Macbeth on the four yard line. No, I, I thought I thought those were okay. All right, I agree. I thought the slow developing run play was garbage. I'm like, ah. Um, I, I didn't like the plays. I didn't feel like we were a running team. I didn't feel like DJ Foster, who I like, is a goal line back. I didn't understand why they were using him like a goal line back. I thought that was a waste of a down. Um, and so that was really frustrating. And if you're going to run that QB... You have to know Santos Knox has to be your number one guy you're looking for. Like, you've got to know. you got to get a helmet on him. You know, like, it just – it can't just be random. It has to be – it just has to be tighter than that. You have to get hands on him. He's a tackling machine. You know he's the the one that you need to address on that play. And it looked like by the time Philip Blake got his head around, he was expecting Knox, I think, to be right in front of him. And instead he was over to the right – and it just that split second was the difference. If he is able to locate him right away, he gets a hand on him or, or you know, any kind of block. It doesn't even matter. Just even get in his way and give McLeod a lane to run in behind you. But it just wasn't there. Now, the Argos end up getting another first and goal situation from the four just a few minutes later. And again, things sort of go wrong. I, again, I hate the first down play call, another run. The second down play call I thought was brilliant. So... They end up moving all the receivers over to the right side. The one receiver they have left ends up running an immediate slant or drag to kind of clear out that side, knowing that you're going to get man coverage. And this this weird uh, zone blitz that Hamilton sends results in DJ Foster getting matched up with with Davis. Like so, you've got your fast running back being covered in in man by a large defensive end. It's the matchup you dream of when you drop that play. That's that's what that play is all about. There's nothing else going on in that play except let's get our running back matched up with their defensive end. They got it, and the throw was just a little bit behind Foster, and Davis is able to get a hand on it. But that, I, I love the play call. It's just, you've got to execute that. So the second and goal draw play, the second and goal uh, wheel route to, to Davis being covered by a defensive lineman. The, the calls are there, but they didn't execute. So it's 6 nothing Argos after one. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't see why you're wasting time on those drop plays. There is nothing 
in the Argos history this season to suggest that a draw play against a red zone defense has any chance of success. Like it's just none. Like we are not a team that can run the ball. We, we occasionally can break runs, but we are not a team that can run the ball. I just thought it was conservative um, and terrible to be, to be honest, play calling. It, it's just not, it's just not good self scouting. If you can't run the ball, that's okay. Then, you know, don't go, well, if, you know, we're first and goal, better run the ball up the middle. That's what football teams do. You know, it, it was just like, who, who is this? Who is this for? I mean, Hamilton must have been gleeful when they saw middle draw. Like, we can't run middle draw. When, when, when in the entire season have we had a successful middle draw play? And I would argue that the second down calls were excellent. And yes. just the first, but the first down calls were terrible. And it's, it's just unfortunate that, yeah, the bad call on first down, bad execution on second down, and it's another Boris Beatty field goal. Yeah, go past both times. And the other thing that I think is worth talking about here. So there's an injury in, was it in the first half where everyone got moved around? Yeah. So in that first, in the first quarter, Desmond Lawrence, the boundary corner for Hamilton gets injured. And this completely shook up the Hamilton defense at that point because it caused four different uh, Hamilton defenders to have to change positions. So uh, just from the just from the simple injury of Lawrence, you've got now Adelike moves over to play field half. Evans moves over to, from field half to play field corner. Roll moves over from field corner to boundary corner. So you've got four moving pieces and then Katsatonis comes in to play free, which he did last week. But you've got four guys out of position for three and a half quarters of the game. And I felt like there was only maybe two, maybe three plays the whole game where Toronto took advantage of having guys out of position. Because what this resulted in a lot for Hamilton was them playing a lot of cover one. Because they've got guys that aren't used to uh, their their drops from their these different spots, and it's just tough to ask four different guys to play in these spots, given um, that they haven't had a lot of reps at that before. So man is the easiest. Man is something that you know that they've done this before. I know how to play man defense, and you were catching uh, Hamilton in these man situations. So run man beaters, and they really weren't. No, they took deep oh shots, gosh. but that was about it. All right, let's get into that. Yeah, I mean. The, the second half offense, I, I don't want to use the word offense, the second half <laughs> time that wasn't on defense um, was just didn't make any sense. It looked it looked like roulette. It looked like roulette play calling. And when you get into roulette play calling, you're dead, you know, where you just spin the wheel, 32 black. Here we go. Spin the wheel, 14 red. Here we go. And you're like. That's just never going to work. It, it didn't look like they had a plan of attack. It didn't look like they had diagnosed a weakness. Uh, it didn't look like plays were built to work with each other. It looked like they didn't know what the hell to do. And they kept taking these deep shots, even though we were not and are not built for that. Like, guys were not getting open. Like, guys had a guy in their pocket, which which makes sense. We're, we're not a fast team. You know, I mean, we're not a track team. Nothing they had planned was working. I I, I don't know why they went away from from underneath stuff. Um, you know, middle of the field. 
you know, matriculate a little bit. What like we weren't down forty. Like what? What were, I don't understand. What were these thirty-five yard bombs? Well, this was all with the lead. Right? All of those bombs were with the lead. We didn't air it out when we were down. I don't. <laughs> That's, I, I didn't understand it at all. It was like it was like we're down twenty. You know, screw it. Let's see what happens. I'm like, I don't mind. Look, you get a look. You want to take a shot. But it wasn't that. And and they weren't looks. They were, you know, their dudes were in their back pocket. It would have taken a perfect pass and a perfect catch. Yeah, no, I, I didn't get that at all. And there were a couple of throws where I thought, okay, they're starting to get it because it was that spot in front of the free safety where there was this hole in coverage. And we talked about that in, in our pregame episode where that's, if Katsatonis was playing free, that's where I wanted the Argus to take advantage. And, they did sometimes, but then they'd go away from that. And then where are where are these pick routes? Where are these trips concept rub routes that right. eat man coverage alive? And we didn't see a single one of those. Actually, there was one. There was one to Gittins Jr. that went for a big play. But that's the only one that I saw. Um, and I, I just, I didn't really get that either. And so, you know, the Argos with a 12 nothing halftime lead, it really felt like it should have been a lot more. And... We talk about that play to end the first half that, you know, Toronto just goes up 12 nothing. That could have been those three points there at the end of the half could have been big. So uh, it's a completed pass downfield. I think it was McCoyle Sr., Dexter McCoyle Sr. Uh, strips the ball. It ends up in the hands of Shaq Richardson, who runs it all the way down into deep into Hamilton at Hamilton's end. And somehow Dane Evans strips him of the football and ends up with it as he rolls out of bounds. If that's a Boris Beattie 20-yard field goal to end the half, and now it's 15-0, and Hamilton just went from a scoring situation to giving up yet another three points, and Boris Beattie's got five first-half field goals, maybe that's a different feeling going into halftime. But Hamilton feels like they they sort of snuck away with uh, a bonus three points at the end of the half, with Evans being able to recover that uh, that fumble from Shaq Richardson. That was a huge turning point. Yeah, I mean that was one of those you know football god moments where you're like, okay, maybe maybe this is not our day um, because like you know whether they score a field goal or maybe even a dagger touchdown, it was such a huge defensive play, and you know just looked, <laughs> you know he he was he was the magic man tonight, and everything he touched turned to gold. And it didn't help that the third quarter also provided Hamilton with a special teams touchdown, a 92-yard punt return touchdown. And this was just, I don't, I don't quite know. I would like to see the, the television replays of this because from what I saw, so they didn't send anybody. It wasn't, it was entirely a return. So everybody on Hamilton on the snap went into return mode. Nobody came after the ball. Nobody pressured. Beatty boomed it, but he didn't get a ton of hang time on it. And so... It was a situation where the returner had a lot of space in front of him. And it looked to me like Jalen Collins was the contain man on the on the boundary side of the field. And it looked like he got sealed inside. And just because of the timing of it all, and because Hamilton had been setting up the blocks, there was no one near him. No one even got close after he got around Collins. Um, there was nobody. It was just Beatty uh, back there being blocked by like four guys. And he obviously has got no shot on that. So it goes back for 92 yards. They missed the PAT, and that was the last time they uh, attempted a kick. And so it's 12-6 Argos at that point, but it felt like a very different ball game. Anytime you get a special teams TD like that or a pick six, yeah, it's, it's I, tough to get up. You know, the punt return team, kick return team have not been been okay, but have not been elite. 
this year. Um, and that, you know, you just can't give up that play. You had Hamilton buried, and you just can't let them off the mat with that play. You just have to know that. It just, you know, where the, you know, looked like the gunner, like, came right after him, um, you know, instead of maintaining lane discipline, and he got around him, and then it was Gonzo. Um, you know, it just, you just have to know, like, just, you know, you don't, in that situation, you don't need to, to make a special play. You just want to prevent the touchdown. You know, that's what you're looking to do there. And, you know, just can't have it. You can't have it in a playoff game. And especially because they, they hadn't, it was starting to get into Hamilton's heads. I'm sure they hadn't got a point yet. They go into halftime being shut out. And you let them off the hook with a big play like that. It gets their confidence up. And now suddenly the Argos, who have really dominated the game to that point, are a touchdown away from surrendering the lead. And it wouldn't be long before uh, Hamilton almost did that, except that they didn't get the two-point conversion. They end up uh, scoring on a, a pretty nice drive from Dane Evans, which was the theme of the second half. But the problem with the Argos' defense here is that they took so many chances blitzing, and the blitzes weren't getting home. So they would send uh, six or seven guys all the time, and somehow Dane Evans was able to escape. So if you've got a zero blitz on, you're counting. The DBs are counting on you. You better get to the quarterback. You've you got two and a half seconds to get to the quarterback. We'll hold things down for two and a half seconds. But if you allow on a blitz like that where you're sending unblocked defenders and somehow the quarterback escapes the pocket, well, now there's trouble. And that's what happened on that drive. Suddenly, you've got Banks involved in a deep play, and then Evans is able to find Ackle. And it kind of looked like a bust to me. I don't know if, if the coverage fell down. It looked like another cover zero call where Evans was able to find some time. He finds Ackle for a 30-yard touchdown. They go for two and, and come up short. So it's 12-12 now, midway through this the third quarter. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I agree, but I mean... You know, the defense provided five sacks and two forced fumbles. You, that should be enough to win the game. You know, just just those two stats alone, that, that's enough to win the game. You know, I think that special teams and offense just sank them. Well, Hamilton got 27 points in the second half. That's just, you can't let up that many. No, it's not all defense, well, but the, a lot of it is. Because, <clears throat> like, the offense wasn't turning the ball over. This is three touchdowns surrendered by the defense uh, that went the length of the field, uh, not short field situations. No, that's true. Um, But I think that as somebody who's coached defense, when you stop believing in your offense, it gets harder to play. It's harder to play when you don't think the other, you know, pull together. When you don't feel like you're pulling together, stuff slides. It's hard. It's harder to play. When you don't think the other side of the ball, like if you make a great play and you give great field position and then the other side comes out and, you know, spits up all over it, that has an impact. It has a psychological impact. So I think that that's, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough to ask the defense to pitch two shutouts. What did you think of abandoning the run in the third quarter? Because again, remember (laughs) the third quarter started 12, nothing for the Argos and it ended 13-12 13-12 for the Argos when Boris Beattie missed his first field goal in, in months, um, a 41-yarder that goes wide. Remember, the third quarter ends Toronto 13, 
Hamilton 12. The Argos, I think they ran, I want to say they ran 15 plays in the third quarter, and one of them was a run play. Uh, It's not Uh, like Foster was getting nothing. He had 41 yards on 10 carries. It was something. I, I don't know. I don't know what the hell they did coming out of half. I don't know. I don't know what the plan was. It looked, it looked like they. It just looked like there was no plan at all. It looked, <clears throat> they looked like they didn't have, you know, they hadn't gained any intel in the first half, and now they were just like, ah, let's just go take two deep shots, like you know, like playing Madden when you're in a rush. You're like, oh, deep shot, deep shot. Defense, deep shot, deep shot, defense. I, I understand it. I, none of it made any sense to me. Um, you know, even when they started a drive, you'd be like, okay, here we go. And then all of a sudden it just fizzled into nothing. There was just no um, no momentum, no sense of an offense. To, to my mind, in the second half, it looked like, looked like pickup play. And the fourth quarter started off pretty miserably. It began with a Hamilton drive, and it, it was so unfortunate to see a big play that again came out of a blitz that didn't get home. So in this situation, it was a fire zone blitz where you have Coney Ely in coverage, which is fine for a second, but you you got to get to the quarterback, and they couldn't. And it was interesting to see Dane Evans on that particular play, and actually a couple of times on that drive. He knew pressure was coming. He knew that the Argos were determined to send 6-7 to get home with that. But he knew that there was an opportunity if he could just escape the pocket. On that play, he didn't actually escape the pocket. He bailed back, like immediately. He took the snap and basically sprinted back five yards just to buy time. And then he's able to uh, find an open receiver covered by Coney Ely, who runs uh, for like 27 yards down the sideline. And that set up the next touchdown. And so so here we are early in the fourth quarter. And now suddenly it's 20 to 13 for Hamilton. And it started feeling very desperate because the Argos hadn't been in the end zone all day. And now suddenly they needed a touchdown just to tie it. Yeah, I mean, it, it didn't feel like there was a touchdown coming. Um, you know, I it just <clears throat> just didn't look like they had it. They just, I don't know, I don't know whether like him missing a couple of days, you know, threw them off or 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 what have you. But they just they just did not, you know, bring in new receivers in, and you know, I don't know. They just looked very disjointed. And um, was not was not a not one for the books. It felt like a drive of destiny at one point in the fourth quarter when the Argos looked like it looked like game over when Pipkin came in for a quarterback sneak on third and one and didn't get it, which we've seen countless times this season. The Argos are without question the worst quarterback sneaking team in the league, and he lost a yard on that. Fortunately. <laughs> Hamilton had jumped offside. I know. And so I thought that was going to, I felt like that was one of those things. You've seen that a, a thousand well, we got times a, Well, before. we got a penalty to get into that situation. Yes, that's true. And it just felt like that was going to result in a touchdown somehow. And, you know, Hamilton would look back at that moment. Right. But it, it didn't uh, because uh, a couple of plays later, there's a fumbled snap. It looked like oh, Philip Blake just God. couldn't just, get he that. Just, he just snapped it into his thigh is what it looked like. Yeah. And the, the ball ends up being recovered by, by Ouellette. But 
um, he, you know, he couldn't get much out of it. And now Boris Beatty's kicking a 47-yard field goal. So it's closing. It's 20 to 16 now. But this is where the defense just can't, you can't have any more yards. And Hamilton's starting at their 35. You can't allow them uh, to to even really get a first <laughs> down. And they, they end up uh, giving them like 45 yards in penalties. Shane Ray with three straight uh, 15 yard penalties um, as the, the wheels just seem to really fall off. And Dane Evans with another quarterback sneak. Uh, it's 27, 16. That just, that was, that was it really. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure those guys were mad and they couldn't punch their own guys. So they took penalties. Yeah. It seemed like, seemed like what happened. It's, it was, it was really frustrating uh, and difficult to watch because well, you could sort of yeah, feel I it mean, all crumbling. We didn't, we didn't put together a single, you know, worthwhile drive the whole second half. I just, I don't understand. I don't understand where the panic came from. Uh, I don't, like, I don't know if, like, I, I don't know. I don't know why they're, like, we can't throw screens. We can't throw 10-yard passes anymore. Like, was there, like, a rule or a bet? Um, <laughs> I It just didn't make any sense to me. It was like, why, why are they throwing 40-yard bombs? We're not even good at that. Like, that's not our game, and they're not open. <laughs> so I, I'm like, that's not a look. You're like, if you get this look, throw the bomb. I'm like, mm, that's not a look. That's 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 covered, bro. McLeod put together a pretty nice drive in the last couple of minutes, but it's not the same thing. At that point, you're dealing with the Hamilton defense. They're just playing way off the ball, and he was able to string a few passes together. They got down uh, again into the red zone, uh, Adelike made what looked like an amazing interception that was overturned. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I overturned that one. Um, there, I, I was not in agreement with uh, a few of the calls that came from uh, the uh, CFL Command Center because I don't know. I thought I thought Adelike had that pick, but you know it is what it is. And uh, a field goal later, it's 27 to 19 now. The Argos need a, a touchdown and a two-point conversion. They go for the onside kick, and I've seen Boris Beatty kick so many beautiful onside kicks in practice. He's really good at it, and that just didn't come off his foot the way he wanted it to. It kind of sailed back towards the middle of the field, not towards the sideline where you want it. And so Hamilton recovered, and then at that point, you just need to stop Hamilton from getting a first down, and unfortunately, they couldn't do that either. Uh, it was... Uh, it just, you know, run after run that that kept getting yardage and one first down later and Hamilton could kneel it out. And that was the end of the game. 27-19, the final. It, it would have been nice to see Toronto at least have an opportunity with one last drive, even if there's just a minute remaining or 35 seconds remaining. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it didn't it didn't feel like that's the way it was going to go. It didn't. So, but I, I agree with you. It would have been nice for, for some sort of you know we the, certainly the Argos have pulled some games out of the fire this year. Um, but, <laughs> they uh, have missed extra points and all sorts. You know, and they've I got mean, a history of it in the playoffs too. Like that, uh, the 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 Calgary game in in Montreal and in the snow. Like things, weird things have happened with the Argos in the playoffs, but it just wasn't meant to be today. You know, they just did not play well in the second half, um, and I I don't know why. It's you know it it wasn't like I mean look, Hamilton played well and Evans played really well. 
but it wasn't like I don't know. It, I mean, it didn't look like there was any sort of, um, you know, uh, tactical aspect that was just you know that we just couldn't get past. Um, the guys just looked lost. They just did not look dialed in. They did not look like it. Like I thought that opening drive of the second half was absolutely a dagger. I just thought if you you cut you know you, you've got the ball. Let's go. We're up. You know, finish these guys. Look like a team that's like, okay, we're taking care of business. We're heading to the Great Cup. And, you know, it was just so poor. And it was like, ugh. You know, that that to me was, was you know, deeply disturbing. So, you know, not, not good. Let's take a look at the stat sheet. Dan Evans, we talked about his stats already, just jumps off the page. 16 of 16, 249, a touchdown, two more run-in off of 14 yards rushing. On the other side, McLeod Bethel-Thompson, 24 of 38. His first half numbers were actually okay. Uh, his completion percentage after the first half, I think, was 75, and that just dropped way off in the second half. He ends up with 283 yards on 63% completions, no touchdowns, no interceptions. It was a conservative game plan, and we knew that from Coach Dinwiddie coming in. Just the way he talked at the press conferences yesterday, it sounded like it was going to be a conservative Toronto team, because I think that his philosophy was, if we don't make mistakes, we're the better team, we'll win the game. And so not turning the ball over was key. But the mistakes are lacking execution, which... Uh, obviously we've talked about, and that special teams touchdown, those take the place of turnovers. And then you got to factor in all the penalty yardage too. So it, it ends up not being a clean game, even with that sort of conservative approach to it. And of course they had to get away from that in the second half when the wheels started falling off. Um, and and all those like third quarter bombs didn't really speak to that conservative game plan that, that they came into the game with. So 63%, not great. Um, you know, clean sheet aside. And running the football uh, actually went downhill. DJ Foster lost yards in the second half um, with, I think, only one extra carry, maybe two. AJ Wallet had four carries for eight yards. Foster finishes with 11 carries for 38 yards. And the receiving situation, actually, let me just grab uh, Hamilton's rushing stats first. Don Jackson had a really good second half because he didn't have much going at all in the first half, but he finished 16 carries for 95 yards. And he was the guy that was sort of able to put away the game. We talked to him about him being a key player in this one. It didn't look like he was going to be, but then that second half, he he did. Like he and Evans just took over the show. I, I do think that guys were a little, a little worn down and a little... You know, a little tired of handing the ball to the offense and then having to come on the field after two plays. And I, I thought that maybe they might get some momentum running the football with A.J. Wallet in the second half if you've got a, Ham- a Hamilton defense that is tired and tired of tackling, but they didn't really force them into that situation. So it's not the same thing as a William Stanback in the second half who gets all sorts of yardage. A.J. Wallet is a load, he's tough to bring down, but not when they haven't been exhausted uh, in the first half, and that just you know didn't happen. So bringing him in late uh, didn't really pay off the way I think they thought it would. Receiving yards for Hamilton. How about Jalen Acklin? Eight receptions on eight targets for 112 and a touchdown. Uh, he really turned it on in the second half. No one else really worth mentioning. Like Banks had that one big play for 41 yards we talked about on a cover zero that didn't get home. But everything else, you know, he had what, two catches for 20 yards beyond that. 
Um, no one else stood out. It was really just Jalen Acklin who was taking advantage of the Toronto secondary. And some good numbers for uh, Argos receivers. You have Gittins Jr., four catches on five attempts for 74. That's a nice day. Eric Rogers had six catches for 62 yards on, on seven attempts. And DJ Foster with another 57 yards. Uh, and it, it just, that was it. And after that, though, when you're only getting two catches from Devaris Daniels, four catches from Ricky Collins Jr., but they were all... They're all short. He only ends up with 21 yards out of that. And they tried to get Chandler Worthy involved, but those just, they didn't break. And, you know, he ends up with just two catches for uh, 11 yards. And and that's that's not going to do it. No, I wasn't. I didn't love the, I didn't love the, the, the reverse. That yeah, that ran. was that was a weird one. I would have been more impressed with a fake reverse off of that I, instead I of the super deep reverse. I, I said, I'm like, what? <laughs> Who's? <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, that's that's not gonna work. He's he's six yards deep. They're like, oh, he's coming this way now, and then they tackled him. Yeah, well, he got the ball. Well, I, I think like Worthy was six yards deep when he pitched it like 15 yards back to Gittens and who yeah. takes the ball basically at, in his living room and then has to run for a I minute and a half to get back to the I thought they were going to throw. I was like, okay, is this a throw? Yeah, I did think that. I thought he was deep enough that he was actually going to be rolling right to throw the ball. because yeah. it, it. And I haven't seen, again, I, I wasn't looking for that live. I haven't seen a TV replay. I don't know if it's possible there were receivers downfield and he decided it wasn't there. He's got to run it. But it looked totally like a like a reverse pass uh, because it was so deep. You know, I mean, the Argos are not the first team. It, it happens um, when quarterbacks come off the bench and you haven't scouted them and you haven't been looking at film of them. And, you know, they light you up. It, it You know, it's just a bad break. Like in hockey, sometimes, you know, you're shelling the goalie and then they bring in some other guy and all of a sudden he shuts you out for three periods. Um, you know, it happens in sports. I think that that was that was a tough break for the Argos to suddenly, you know, just psychologically have this guy who they hadn't been looking at or preparing for or talking about or looking at all week, and he's just shredding them. So I'm sure that felt um, really frustrating on on the sideline defensively. The good news of all of this is this is a team that has turned things around. Like you said off the top, we remember how miserable the 2019 season was with, you know, three wins and was it five wins the season before this Toronto team has has been a mess since the 2017 Grey Cup. And this year it was a lot of fun to watch football at BMO Field. It was a lot of fun to watch Argos games. And to be there hosting an Eastern final in that environment, December 5th, playing a meaningful game, uh, it was amazing. And, you know, you, you it's hard to remember that right now because, you know, you may be upset about how things went. You're upset Toronto's not in the Grey Cup and we've got to sit there and watch Hamilton lose again. Um, that's, you know, that's <laughs> well, sort of the... And also, like, you know, playing a team five times is a lot. I will be happy not to see the Tiger Cats play for a while. Uh, I hope the first game against the Tiger Cats next season is three months into it because yeah, I'm I'm pretty much pretty much done with watching Tiger Cats football. There's been so much of it, no, but no uh, you know what can you what can you do? Well, we will sign off at this point, but let's tell you what's coming up. Make sure you check out JB's report card of the game as he broke down each positional group and graded them. But we were also going to have a season recap episode. So after the Grey Cup, 
we will do a quick recap of the Grey Cup and just talk about how Hamilton lost and why and, <laughs> and why that went the way it went. And then we'll talk about the Argos season and we'll kind of go through it with, with fresh, uh, fresh perspective, having sat for, having sat for a week and, and really had time to think about it. We'll go back through some of the highs and lows, interesting things from the year, pieces they need to hang on to, guys that they need to make sure stay in Toronto. We'll talk about the coaching staff. And we'll talk about the strategy for next year. You know, who's who's probably on their way somewhere else? Who's coming back? What do the Argos need to look for when they're trying to bring in guys from other teams, from other leagues in this offseason? So make sure you catch that episode next week. That will just about do it for us on this episode of the X's and Argos post-game reaction podcast. For JB, this is Ben Grant saying so long, and may all your pre-snap reads be good ones. I'll see ya.